Welcome to Get Your Book Done. I'm your host, Christine Closer, a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author, award-winning publisher, and book writing coach to thousands. I love helping aspiring nonfiction authors write, publish, and promote their best books because there's nothing more powerful than writing a book to transform your life, your readers' lives, your business, and ultimately the world with your message. So let's get started. Today, I've got something special in store for you, an exclusive flashback episode. These interviews, which I'll run a handful of times a year, feature guests from my Transformational Author Experience, an online training I ran from 2011 to 2018, featuring top authors, publishers, and industry leaders. Some of these interviews are just too good to keep locked up in cyberspace any longer, so I'm bringing you one of my favorites today. Welcome, Marion Williams. It's a delight to have you here today. Well, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Well, I know that we're talking about the law of divine compensation, but before we get started with that, I would really love if you would share a little bit about how you began your journey as an author. So if you could tell us just a little bit about how it began and how you ended up, you know, the Marion Williamson that everybody knows and refers to really as a spiritual guidepost. Thank you Um, so much. You're welcome. I began studying A Course in Miracles in 1970-something, and I started giving lectures on The Course in Miracles in 1983 at a place called the Philosophical Research Society in Los Angeles. In 1988, I had been giving a talk. I was uh, supposed to be giving a talk that night in San Francisco, and before the talk, I had dinner with a man named Jerry Jampolsky, And Jerry is the first person to write a popularization of the ideas in A Course in Miracles. He's a major figure in The Course in Miracles being delivered to the world. He said to me at dinner, he said, you should write a book. And I said, other people have told me that, but I don't feel pregnant with a book. And he said, Marianne, all the information is in your tapes. I said, yeah, but I don't know how to get the information out of my tapes and into a book. And he said, let's just join in consciousness right now. Let's just agree that there is someone out there who would know how to take this information and put it into a book. Now, that was on a Thursday night, okay? And I I want to point out that the Course in Miracles says there is no force more powerful than an agreement between two people. That was a Thursday night. Saturday morning, two days later, I was giving a talk in Los Angeles, as I normally did on Saturdays, and a gentleman came up to me at the end of my talk, and he said, I'm a literary agent. Have you ever thought of writing a book? I gave him the same line. (laughs) Well, people have mentioned that I should write a book, but I don't feel pregnant with a book, and I don't know how to get the information out of my tapes. I gave him my phone number. He never called. I have a feeling he lived to regret it. Be that as it may, he never called. (laughs) Five days after that, Thursday, one week to the day after my uh, talk with Jerry Jampolsky in San Francisco, I gave a talk in New York City. Okay? One week after the agreement between Jerry Jampolsky. And there was a line waiting to talk to me. There was a man at the end of the line. 
And I had a feeling looking at him, I have some destiny with that man. He shook my hand. He said he was a literary agent. I gave him the same line. I know, but I don't feel pregnant with the book. He said, well, I know someone who could get it out of the tapes. And Uh, he became my literary agent. He got, you know, the work with the woman who helped me to write a proposal and was my literary agent for years. And that's how that went. So, my goodness. And I think did you point, ever did you ever imagine Marianne that, you know, that prayer, that conscious commitment that you made with Jerry that that night. Could you ever have dreamed that it would have, you know, brought you to where you are now? I mean, li- literally at the forefront one of the leading luminaries in the world of transformation and spirituality and I mean, I think the fact that I did not is part of why it happened. Mm. Uh, I was innocent and pure out of naivete, and I think that served me. This niche did not exist at that time. There was no professional niche. You could be a clergy person or you could be an academic. There weren't people who stood up and talked about spirituality and transformation and got paid for it. So there there was no reason to believe this would ever be a career. It was simply something that I loved doing. The word bestseller, well, you know, there weren't transformational books that were bestsellers at that time. I mean, I was among a, this book called Love by Leo Puscaglia um, mm-hmm. had come out. But then there was mine. After that, there was Celestine Prophecy, Deepak. You know, those, this niche didn't exist in book sales. It didn't exist professionally. So I was blessed by an innocence, by an ambitionless, you know, in my – my books, I talk about making the shift from ambition to inspiration, from an intention to do this or do that to an intention to be of service, and how as soon as you do that, you align yourself with the cosmic um, self-organizing principle of the universe. So no, I didn't, but I think that's what part of why it happened. Mm, that's so beautiful, the way that you said that, because it's true. When we just open ourselves and... <laughs> do what we do with love and excitement and certainly there's been a theme through this entire training so far you know of service of love of being excited of being in your joy and doing what you were born to do that when you're in that vibrational space that there are miracles and blessings and gifts you know of grace that come to you that are unimaginable in comparison to what you, you know, thought you could have figured out in your own mind. So there really is a, a beauty of excitement and joy and love and service, indeed. So thanks for I, driving that point home. I think that that also has to do with what you write. Nobody really has anything unique to say. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important point. So, you know, all these people thinking, I have a message to give to the world. Not really. Uh you know, Shakespeare's already lived, Beethoven's already lived, and Plato has already lived. So we're not like, you know, the, the great genius, you know, communications of the world. So I think that there's something here about the idea that each of us is a faucet. We're not the water. And that really serves me. There's one truth with a capital T. And it's not that we have a new truth to give to the world, as that the truth, one truth, resonates differently according to the vessel that it's trans- translated through. We're just the conduits 
for whatever wisdom we are able to achieve in our lives being given as a gift to the world. That's a very different mentality than I have this message to give to the world. I think if we rather see it in terms of one message, uh, one truth with a capital T spoken in many different ways, and that's the way the Course in Miracles trains us to think. And I think it produces better work because, mm-hmm. you know, the Course in Miracles says people hear you on the level you speak from. And when you are within yourself in this real place of humility, really, you know, the Course in Miracles really fosters this attitude of use me. You know, I remember when I first saw the Course in Miracles and I sat down at a table where I was living and I remember my prayer, dear God, please use me. You know, if you sit down to write in the in the morning and your attitude is, I have to give my special message to the world, you're always going to hit a wall because nobody really has a special message. We're all giving the same message. But we're giving it in the way that is unique to us. And just as our faces are all different, our 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 gifts are all different. But in a way, they're all the same. And that's a good thing because when you're, when you're coming from that place within yourself, which isn't any different than anyone else, that's when other people can really hear you. Uh-huh. So powerfully said. I Sometimes I use the analogy that, you know, it's all ice cream. I'm an ice cream eater, my, one of my weak spots. But it's all ice cream. But there's many different flavors, many exactly. different unique perspectives. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an mm-hmm. energy that flows through you, mm-hmm. unlike it can flow through anybody else, because mm-hmm. there's only one expression of you in this body, in this form. Mm-hmm. So, And you and everybody else? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and the, the more that we in, do... Mm-hmm. I was just, there's a line in The Course in Miracles where it says, all of the children of God are special, and none of the spirit, children of God are special. I think sometimes when it comes to you know, people who motivate other people to work. You know, I've heard, I've been at, at, you know, uh, seminars and things where people have said, you are special, you are great, you can do it, you can do it, and that really pumps people up. But it's like white sugar. It's not real nutrition. Because if you're pumped up by the thought that you're so unique and you're so special and you've got something nobody else can give and all that kind of stuff, you inevitably get to the point of this kind of, desperate guilty secret what if it's not true but if instead we have the attitude well i don't really have anything anybody else doesn't have but at this point i'm the one doing this you know like if i if i get up to give a lecture and i feel that i have to prove to people that i'm smarter and i'm better and i'm different then actually there's fear behind that but if i get up without any belief that i'm special or different but on the other hand, I'm on stage right now, so I must be the one who's supposed to be here. And I'm of service to whatever truth is trying to come through in the, in the room in this moment, not even thinking I'm better than anybody else except I'm up here, so I must be the one do, who's supposed to do this right now. It just frees you. It yeah. so frees you. You're not carrying this burden of what if I'm not okay because you're saying, well, I'm not even claiming to be special. And it's ironic, but that's when you find your grandeur. That's when you find your power. That's when you find your strength. It's counterintuitive because you're really allowing for strength of something higher than you to come through. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I, think I know my writing... friend. Yeah, I'm sorry, go on. Yeah. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that as a writer, there's something here about putting yourself in service to the work. 
So, you, you know, yes. they talk about the difference between cause with a little c oh, and cause with a big c. And if you see yourself the cause and the book is the effect, that's not nearly as psychologically and emotionally powerful as I am praying, I am asking that cause with a big C, which is a higher wisdom than my own, expressed through me. It's just a different attitude. It's a different energy, and I think it awakens different synapses in the brain. Indeed it does. I know my friend um, Bob Sima actually sang at your sister Jai in a few of his songs. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard his song, Stay yeah. Small. But his oh, song, Stay Small, is amazing, and it speaks to exactly this. It's like, you know, don't get too big for your britches. Kind right. of like, don't believe that it's you doing it. There's, right. Yes, you can take, you know, pride in what you do, but maintain the smallness where you understand that you're one part, you know, of a play, that there's a plan, a master plan, an energy that's moving through you that makes everything you do possible. And when you get too big, if you will, you can push away you know, that divine energy is coming through because you're claiming the goodness coming to you as yours and something you, from the ego perspective, had created. And I know I've done that in my past before, and it, you know, brought me nothing but pain and sorrow, and, you know, it was misery for a few years when I forgot to just be small and remain grateful and on my knees in gratitude for the gifts that I was blessed with to come through me. I think a uh, lot of people, and I love that expression, stay small, that's a beautiful way to put it, and like you said, if you don't stay small, you do suffer. I think that it's, once again, counterintuitive, but a lot of people have this weird idea these days about leadership. And I think that when we see ourselves as followers of that which is divine, as followers of that which is otherworldly, followers of the love of the center of all things, followers of God, however we understand him, that is when we manifest in the world as leader as a leader among people. I think if you think of yourself as a leader, uh, I don't know. But if you think of yourself in your heart as a follower of this that divine star, then your personality is one that is seen by other people as because they want to follow that thing that you're following. And yeah. so they see you as a leader. Mm-hmm. That's one of those nuggets that when we see ourselves as followers of that divine star, that that is then we actually manifest in the world as a leader, but it is mm-hmm. first from being a follower. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful, beautifully said. Of course, you know, you have a way with words. We know that. But that's that's a powerful, profound statement right there. Cool. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Um, anything else you want to share just about the writing and, you know, your own journey in authorship? Before? Yeah. Um, I remember reading in a book by Arnold Patton many years ago that if you genuinely have something to say, there is someone out there who genuinely wants needs to hear it. If you genuinely have something you need to say, there's someone out there who genuinely needs to hear it. And I think that... That, that has always guided me, and it has always led me to speak from my passion, whatever it is. And mm. if it's not my passion, why bother? The only chance that you have as a writer of reaching people in their gut is if it's something that is in your gut. So when people say, how do you decide what to write about, it's whatever I'm passionate about at that time. And that has always worked for me. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's got to be that passion in your gut if you really want to land in the heart, the gut, the soul of your reader. Thank you. Um, so let's uh, talk just a little bit here about your most recent book that came out. It's a book called The Law of Divine Compensation. So I'd love if you would first talk a little bit about what the law of divine compensation is. Well, you know, there are laws of the physical world, and then there are laws of the internal world. On the external plane, we have something like the law of gravity. But on the internal plane, there are laws of consciousness, which are unalterable and discernible and objective and true, no different than laws of the external plane. Now, One of those laws, and I use the phrase law of divine compensation, it could be whatever, is there are two issues here. Number one, that the universe is self-organizing. We see that the way uh, an embryo becomes a baby, the way an acorn becomes an oak tree, uh, the way the bud becomes the blossom, that there is an imprint on nature by which things know how to move to the next best thing. But then along with that, you also see that the universe is self-organizing. Once again, take the human body. On one hand, the cells know how to divide, organize themselves so that the embryo becomes the baby, and then the baby is born as a human being whose heart beats and lungs breathe. But also the body has the immune system. It corrects itself when there has been uh, disease or injury, kind of like um, uh, a GPS, that even if you take the wrong turn, the GPS will automatically recalibrate. Now, The idea in this book has to do, you know, as above, so below. That's true spiritually as well. And when we make the wrong turn in our lives and we move away from the thinking and the behavior that produces abundance, or let's say somebody else did, maybe somebody else, they fired you, they betrayed you, they undermined you at work, they sabotaged you, or it was some big institutional reality, Wall Street, whatever. The idea of the law of divine compensation is that even if and when – there is diminishment or lack on the material plane. Out of the infinite substance of spirit, there is the movement to compensate for that lack. So what a lot of times happens, we all sometimes meet limited circumstances. We all go through those things, and we certainly have been through them in work. We have been through them with, with finances and so forth. All of us have been down. The issue is, are you going to meet the limited circumstance with limited thinking? Now, if you do that, ain't it awful? I've been victimized. I hate the people who did this. I hate myself. There aren't any jobs out there. I'll never be able to get up again. I, I, my resume doesn't have what it takes. They're not hiring people my age. You know, if you meet the limited circumstance with that kind of limited thinking, that's when you go into the emotional and the experiential spiral, downward. But if you meet the limited experience the limited condition with unlimited thought by affirming within yourself standing on the ground of conviction that despite the lack in the material world within the realm of of eternal substance there is only infinite opportunity that every moment we are the universe is an infinite opportunity creating machine that you are not the universe does not program your life by what you did or white by what somebody else did to you, but rather by who you are and where you stand in this moment, and that if you forgive yourself and atone and seek to do better now in the places where you've made mistakes, 
And if where other people have made mistakes that impacted you, you are willing to stand in a space of forgiveness, then nothing that anyone has done, including yourself, that in any way led up to this moment of lack, the universe will miraculously and automatically create a new trajectory of probability taking you back into a field of infinite abundance. And when you know that that's law, that that's not just a, well, I hope it's true, but rather, oh, no, that's how the universe operates, and you stand on that, and you align your thinking with that, and you have conviction behind that, then miracles happen. I mean, things change. Situations transform. They indeed do. I think, right, the only way they say to, you know, dispel the darkness is you can't push the darkness away. You bring light to the darkness, and the darkness disappears. You bring consciousness of limitless abundance to, you know, perhaps a limited circumstance, and, and you know, miracles really, truly do happen. I'm just curious well, if you have, yep, go ahead. Well, you know, I'm the not- Course in Miracles says you can't just bring the light to the darkness. You must bring the darkness to the light. And I think that's a very important point when it has to do with the fact that for most of us, and, and you know, you mentioned that you had gone through an experience before and you, you said you saw your part in it. I think a lot of times when things are not going well, it is a natural tendency to talk about everybody's part in our disaster except our own. And I think it's extremely important that we learn from our mistakes, that the universe doesn't really start us on a new trajectory until we're willing to clean up the mess. And sometimes even when other people have certainly played their part in making it hard for us, I know in my life, man, and I've been through some, some real rough times in my life, but I've ultimately had to come to the conscious realization and really own the fact that in every single case, The biggest problem was me. Other people might have done something to me, but at the very least I made it easy for them. And Mm -hmm. I think that's an extreme, Uh you know, we can't just, you know, go light, light, light and pour pink paint over the darkness. Sometimes we have to go through those often gnarly experiences and painful moments of getting I. I was unconscious in that place, or I was greedy in that place, or I was overreaching in that place, or I wasn't honest in that place, or I wasn't, you know, my energy, I can see where it turned off, turned people off in that place, or, you know, I didn't show up in whatever way as my best self, so I own it, I get it, and I'm willing yeah. to show up as my best self now. And yeah. and in those moments, you you show up differently, but with a greater, uh, not just wisdom, but humility than you had before, and that just invites the universe to lift you up. In amazing ways. I know they say, you know, there's no way around. You just have to go through. And Mm -hmm. I know from my own experience, as long Mm -hmm. as I try to avoid, I avoided, Mm -hmm. avoided, avoided some Mm -hmm. of the things I don't want Mm -hmm. to look at Mm -hmm. and ended Mm -hmm. up in a place where I was forced on my knees, Mm -hmm. you know, and with nothing left, you know, finally, okay, I get it, God, finally I'm going to stop and look. Mm -hmm. And it was. It was painful. Mm -hmm. It was hard. It got so dark sometimes I didn't know if I'd bust out on the other side. But the more I went into it, you know, the more I just didn't try to push away the darkness. I was like all of a sudden on the other Mm -hmm. side. It was this whole new experience of life that I didn't previously know existed. Mm -hmm. You know, it really is um, quite miraculous. Do you have any advice that could help people um, who know that what you're saying is true, but just don't know where to start to actually begin well, I hope this journey if and open? 
if they relate to this particular view, I hope that they'll start by reading my book because, you know, books can change people. You know, you yeah. you know, when an author works on a book, that means you've taken all the advice you could possibly come up with and throw it, it thrown it into those pages. You know, so if it was only three sentences, I would have just made it three sentences I put out into the world on Facebook. It's a book for a reason, and I think that we need to move beyond the silver bullet theory of personal uh-huh. transformation. I think we all want it to be easier than it is, and we are kidding ourselves and others when we pretend that it is. I think if you want to really transform your career, you can't transform your career, you can't transform your money, you can't transform your writing, you can't transform any particular area of life without being willing to transform your life, period. So everywhere we are off, where we're not the people we should be, it bleeds through into everything we do, including career. So, you know, the you know, whether it's whatever the particular religious or or spiritual perspective, there's always this notion of a, like you said earlier, falling to your knees, a a radical giving up of of self and saying, okay, I get it. My way has not worked perfectly. And I'm willing to be who a higher purpose would have me be in all my interactions. And I'm really willing to surrender my life to a transformative process. And then, then the real changes begin to happen in the particular areas. And um, that's why, you know, do this, number one, number two, number three, um, is never your deepest counsel. Uh. I think if there is a number one, number two, number three, it's forgive everyone you haven't forgiven because in any place where you are withholding love, you are deflecting a miracle. Miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. So whenever we are thinking without love, we are like, putting a block in front of the miracle that would otherwise happen, to be conscious that in any given moment we are not living at the effect of the past unless we ourselves bring the past into the present, that every moment is a new beginning of possibility if we are willing to stand on it that way, and number three, to know that in every moment we are totally responsible for our effect and we are totally responsible for the choices that we make that it is not the choices other people make. You know, sometimes we wake up in the morning wondering what's going to happen today. But the real question is, waking up in the morning, who am I going to be today? That's what's going Uh. to determine where your life goes. Who you decide to be today is what will determine what happens tomorrow. I want you all to write down that question, maybe put it on a sticky note, an index card or something. Who am I going to be today? And let that question be the way that you begin your day. And you begin every day like that, and you'll find that there will be some miracles and transformations and healing and integration from that whole life perspective that Marianne's talking about. Because it does all, it's all intertwined. It's all intertwined. Thank you for sharing that. I love, for anyone you haven't forgiven, it's like you're putting a block on the miracles. What was that line you said? Miracles occur. The Course in Miracles quote is, miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. So that one's in quotes. And then it's that any time our thinking is loving, comma, or any time we think with love, comma, we attract a miracle, period. Any time we think without love, comma, we deflect a miracle. 
any time we think with love, we attract a miracle. And then the opposite is when we don't, we deflect the miracle. So mm-hmm. love, love really Creates is the miracle. answer. Is that what you're saying, Marianne, that love is Absolutely. the answer? That, that <laughs> love is always the answer, no matter what the question, because the only real problem is that someone, whether it was you or someone else, thought and or acted without love. But if you yourself will think and act with love now, then the lovelessness of the past, no matter who expressed it, will be transcended. Hmm. I want everyone to breathe that one in. Such wonderful, wise, powerful teaching. Thank you. Um, The other thing I wanted to make sure that we covered was we wanted to talk a little bit about who people really are and what they're really all doing here. Like, who are you and what are you really doing? We wanted to kind of address that. Do you feel like now might be a time to chat about that? You mean me personally or as a concept? I wasn't it's sure like, what your question as, was. As a, con- as a concept, as a concept, who are you really and what are we all really doing here from a conceptual perspective? We are children of God, which is the same thing as saying we are ideas in the mind of God. We are all facets of the same diamond. We are all different colors in the kaleidoscope. We are all unique expressions of the great love that is at the center of all things. So it really does all come back to love. (laughs) Alpha and Omega. It is pretty amazing. If there's one sort of final teaching that you want to share from the law of divine compensation what um what would you say that that would be what else are the gem there's so many gems in that book but what other gem do you want to make sure you share with everyone you know i read somewhere once it said it's never over till the happy part and if it's not the happy part yet then it's not over and i think that that's really the point here you know everybody has times when we fall down. And I think especially when it comes to money and career, so many people feel that they're alone and that they had a failure or they're alone and that they things didn't work out or they lost their money or their job or whatever. And what really matters is not that we fell down. Great people are not people who've never fallen down. Great people are those who have gotten back up. And getting back up sometimes, you know, Martin Luther King said there's great power in redemptive power in unearned suffering uh, sometimes no matter what got us down there's great spiritual power in learning how to get back up with dignity with elegance and what i hope this book gives to people is a real recognition that the universe is on your side in getting back up that the ego mind is that which throws us down but the the universe is merciful and the universe is never without new beginnings and new opportunities that are already programmed into the nature of things. And no matter where we've been, sometimes we have learned, I know in my own life, I feel I've learned as much from my failures as from my successes. I've learned as much from the valleys of my life experience as from the mountaintops of my life experience. And also I think we, after you've been in a valley, you know that if you ever get to the mountaintop again, you're going to behave differently once you're there. 
You're going to uh-huh. be more humble. You're going to be more grateful. You're going to be more careful. You're going to be more responsible. So no matter where we find ourselves, once you really know that the end game is always happiness, joy, and triumph, and you live with your thoughts and your behavior aligned with that, um, it's miraculous. And that's what I believe is the ultimate message of all of this. Mm, absolutely. And I do know from my own personal experience, when I landed on the floor in that valley, I mean, the next time that I rose up, it was in gratitude rather than ego saying, look what I did. It was in awe of the grace and the miracles that came in rather than, you know, look at me, look look at what I did. Aren't I someone special? It goes back to the concept you talked about earlier, right, that, you know, everyone's special and nobody's special. We're all special in our unique expression, but we're all special at the same magnitude. You know, we're all divine beings. We all have that spark of the divine within us. We're all here just expressing that same one, you know, unified force of energy. And, uh, you know, you guys, um, now that we've talked about the law of divine compensation, we talked, you know, sort of about your journey as an author and how you began and the, the space from which you began internally, you know, from that place of naivete and just, like, moving forward, not having any idea and not wanting bestseller, you know, top-of-the-chart status, but just wanting to come from a place of service. Well, let's, would, let's love, be careful with that one, though, too, because I think some people, you know, it's not that I didn't want it. It's just that it wasn't on my on my radar. And I think that's important, too, because, you know, one of the things I talk about in the book is that some people have a hidden prejudice against success. They have a hidden prejudice against money. They have a hidden prejudice against the rich, and you want to stay away from that too because if you judge other people for having wealth and success, then you will subconsciously sabotage wealth and success if they come towards you. If you have this idea that somehow, you know, if you were successful you would be less ethical or you were, you know, ideas like that, then you want to be careful because then the universe will simply do as you say. So when you say I didn't want a bestseller, it's not that I didn't love the idea if it happened. It's simply that it, bestseller wasn't even on my radar. And I think there's a difference, you know. Mm, uh, so mm-hmm. I want to point that out, too, because I'm sure we have, you know, some of us have a hidden fear of failure, but some of us have a hidden fear, fear of success. And they're both obstructive to your greater good. Yes. You want whatever yes. abundance uh, it would be useful for the universe for you to have. And, you know, if that means 16 gazillion bucks, then I hope you have 16 gazillion bucks because you will be able to do good with that. So, um, you know, we just want to be open to whatever comes. Yes. And certainly not have the motivation come from. I know there's people out there who, you know, it's like their whole motivation is because they want the prestige, they want the clout, they want all of that, and the motivation is a little bit, you know, just not quite on on spot, if you will, for the true No, message. and I think people can smell it, too. Yeah. You know, everybody yeah. subconsciously knows everything. And I think when you walk into a room, owning your power, yes, not apologizing for your power, but humble within it, I think people appreciate that. And they can tell when yeah. that's not where you're coming from. It's amazing what people could just know being in your presence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're taking care of your own inner life and where you stand. That's the question, not what other people think 
of where you stand. Because if you stand in your goodness, people will look at you from their goodness. And um, that's why in The Course in Miracles it says, the primary responsibility of the miracle worker is to accept the atonement for himself, which is the same thing as saying, monitor your own process for purity, for integrity, for goodness, for love, truly seeking to be the person that you're capable of being. And it's amazing how everything else will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Just amazing. Well, thank you. It is my deep pleasure to be able to spend this time and a true honor and a gift to be able to share your wisdom. I hope you enjoyed today's flashback episode. I'm sure you can see why I wanted to dust this interview off and share it with you today. Be sure to keep listening for more great flashback shows coming up in the future. And now it's time for the regular show close. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Get Your Book Done. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to everything we talked about today. And if you want my help with your book, head over to christinecloser.com to learn more and get a free copy of my book, The Transformation Quadrant, which will show you how to blueprint your book in 15 minutes or less. The Get Your Book Done podcast is where the leading conversation is happening for transformational authors everywhere. And I'm grateful you tuned in.